Hi folks and welcome back to another episode of Reload Podcast. My name's Lee Maxwell and as usual I'm joined by Nigel Lamont and Connor McCann. This is episode number 54. Previous episode was episode 53, as we know. That's how numbers work. Of course. Uh, we had Robin McGrath, Alpine F1. What was his title again? We've got the pronunciation of this. We're calling it Alpine for a while. Well, that's I'll still got call it confirmed. Alpine, don't worry. Senior composite, composite design, engineer. design engineer. Not manager as I screwed it up. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, Lee just screwed it up too. I right. made it even worse. Really interesting episode. Brilliant to have Robin on and uh, give us a bit of Insider. inside information and correct a few of our... Yeah previous a few <laughs> fantastic feedback from it too yeah people have been chatting to me and saying it's fantastic so. yeah a lot of people said the same thing they really really enjoyed it it uh i love the fact as well that he didn't hold back you know you're asking him things and i was kind of expecting this guy to come on and be like you know oh, i can't really say this or that but he didn't everything no. was just straight up he was great yes and fantastic yes loads of his own stories too you know just an all-around good guy so this episode, uh, later on, Connor is going to tell us about some automotive conspiracy theories. The tinfoil hats are out, folks. And uh, we're currently down at Cars and Coffee at Blackline Performance. So Gavin has very kindly lent us his office again. However, I'm a little bit nervous getting a few flashbacks sitting here because the last <laughs> time we recorded here, yeah. it was COVID ground zero. Ground zero. <laughs> Nothing to do with Blackline, all to do with ourselves, I might add. Yes. <laughs> So, yes. Uh, I'm desperately trying to not get COVID at the minute because we're supposed to be flying to Florida in two weeks' time. Big flex. So, yeah. I'm like, nobody come near me. Don't touch me. <laughs> After this recording, Lee and I are going to ground. Like, I'm we're going just going to lockdown. disappear. I got, look, I've got my nails taken off. So, my nails are like bare for the first time since lockdown. I'm not going to get my hair done. I'm not going anywhere other than work for the mm. next two weeks, just in case. So, just for somebody who's maybe thinking of going to America, what are the requirements at the moment? Uh, you just have to not have COVID, basically. So, you have to test. On the day. Well, PC, with, official PCR thing or what? Yeah, or? down there. So, we're testing in the, well, beside the airport, isn't yeah. it? Um, they'll test you down there and so you have to wait half an hour. It might be a lateral flow, actually, you know, you said, but um, you have to pass that before getting on to the flight. The, the real bollocks of a thing is every flight like provider, like our Lingus and all the different ones want different companies tests and things like that. So you need to, like you could book something that's wrong. See the headache of trying to work it out and navigate it. And then see for the way back is even worse. Yeah. Because if you're an EU citizen and you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to test on the way back. But we're not EU citizens anymore. Damn you, Brexit. Even though we're flying but we're into, flying the, into south, the which is an EU, EU country. country. So it's... It's like super confusing. So Can you not flex your Irish passports in that one? No. I don't have one. I don't have one. <sighs> Used to have one, but then I didn't. So it just is an absolute disaster. Do you know the meme, the old sunny meme of him at the board? And he's like pinning everything out and he's smoking this, like trying to work out <laughs> what is going on with this here. It's just an absolute disaster. But apart from that, you're going to have a fantastic fortnight, isn't it? Yeah, fortnight so of cars. Whereabouts are you going? Uh, just break it down. We're going to Eurotripper which uh, Paul Barney runs down in Fort Myers. So we fly into Orlando, drive down to it. Uh, we're seeing a whole bunch of guys down there, some we've seen before, some we haven't. Then we're going to the Kennedy Space Center with Leah and Ian. Class. And we're going to go to Disney. We're trying to tie in with Paul McGrath. He's there with the family. And then we'll go back up to Ian and Leah's house and do car and alcohol-related things there, which should be good. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so that'll be fun. But less about our happenings in the future and more about now. What have you been up to, folks? Well, my thrust bearing in the Jetta thrust its last thrust. 
It's like myself, it's Don Thrusting. Yeah. Thrusting days are over. It is, yep. Uh, actually, two weekends ago, the last time... That, <laughs> last time we were recording, it was on the way home from recording. That, that was when it yeah. went. So we oh, left, right left your house, went to see Borley, and we're with him for ages, then left, and about a mile from home, yeah. this mad rattle came in. I was like, I thought it was the bottom end. I was like, oh no. And then... <laughs> I was like, put your foot in the clutch, went away. I was like, well, at least we know what it is kind of thing. But it hasn't I knew it wasn't bad. anything like too bad because it was still driving. But yeah, just I just had noisily, that fear. Noisily driving. I had the fear. I could see into the future of me pulling that car apart. I was like, oh no, here we go. But no, it was all good. It's not the end of the world. So yeah, well, as you as we've just spoken about before, um, I'm planning on doing the gearbox anyway. I just wasn't planning on doing it maybe right now. But uh I will see what happens. I found it as well. Those, it's a Mark II Golf GTI box on it. So you can pop the plastic end cap off and the thrust burn is actually on the outside of the gearbox as mm-hmm. opposed to the pressure plate. So if you do want to swap it over, it's an easy swap to get it back in the road for now. So it's not the end of the world. Because I wanted to bring it down, obviously, here today. And didn't, so. I actually brought the Bora. For the Bora's once. here. The Bora's it's clean-ish. Yeah, yeah, the Romanians washed it. Yes, very right. nice. Yeah, I know we're sponsored Mr. McGann, by. Like we're sponsored King of by, nice. We're nice sponsored price. by a detailer. <laughs> we are have a lot of detailer listeners. I got my car washed by the Romanians. It needs painted, so I don't really care. Don't at me. <laughs> they also didn't wash the sills, which I was more mad about anything. But then, what do you expect? I wonder how you say Studio Ten Romanian. Studio Two. <laughs> Studio minus ten, as this case were. What else you got, Lee? Um, you got some goodies. Did I? Anakem stuff. Oh yeah, I bought a load of Anakem stuff and Autofinesse stuff. And your wheel woolies. And my wheel woolies. So I'm excited to try them, even though my car's not on the road at the minute. Boo. The Black Friday Autofinesse, your stuff arrived. Yes, my new hoodie, which uh, I'm wearing as we speak. Too. I got the Tran cloth. Good job. Unreal. Uh, what did I say? I remember you using Clean Fest. Uh, it's just ridiculous. Life changing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's called how. Silk or something, isn't it? Yeah. It's just, it's 15 pounds and it's it just game over. I yeah, just drying cloth about. I can work out how you can lift the drying cloth and see through it. It's that thin, but it'll take all the water off a car without wringing it out. Yeah, it's just magic witchcraft. Uh, Nigel, what are you been up to? Well, this week I have uh, purchased a new car for the wife. So what? Yeah, did I tell you about this? No, no. <laughs> I've I've tried to purchase three cars and then talked myself out of them slash not been successful in purchasing them and then. Now you're coming at me with yeah, your so new Laura's car. Yeah, so Laura's been daily driving the Destin 30 for the past two months, three months. I can't remember how long I've had it. And yeah, it's... Not for her? It was sort of... Was it more I haven't had you? a fresh car. Laura hasn't been driving a fresh car for a few years now, so we've been putting it off, putting it off. And then my father-in-law was buying a new car. His old Q5 was offered to us at a very reasonable rate. Nice. So it's a nice low mileage, uh, 2013 Q5. S-Line Plus, full out of service history, 56,000 miles. She'll not know herself in that. Yeah, mate's rate deal, so. Happy days, TDI. TDI, 170. So. Oh, that's that's nice, yeah. Um, They're a good engine. So, what yeah, colour is it? It's like, it's like my Edition 30, that grey. Oh, yeah. I don't like the same colour, but it's sort of like it. Very yeah, good. It's like a dark metallic grey. So, she's absolutely thrilled. So, does that mean that the Edition 30 you bought for her is now yours? Yeah, it was well, always. Nah, really. I was going to say that. <laughs> I'm, you're, you're I'm toying with the idea of putting a tow bar on the Q5, so I can do my gardening run. Yes, daily in the Edition 30. I'm getting rid of the F4. Yeah, but what? I don't know. Don't know. We'll see. You probably should. Like that's literally what those jeeps are for. Yeah, yeah. 
they're supposed to have tow bars on them. If you can do that, it means like the Air Force sitting there, it's money you could be spending on something yeah, else. That's the way I look at it. So, uh, pump it into the Mark II. Yeah. Um, absolutely chuffed a bit with it. So. Happy it is. Congratulations. Yeah. I think I should have really started with the first bit of news, and that's basically that Dubshed's back. Dubshed is back, it is baby. Indeed. Um, so, yeah, we have booked the icon for the 2nd or 3rd of April, um, 2022, obviously, and we're bringing it back, and we hope that you can join us. Coronavirus being coronavirus, we don't know what sort of uh, people have been asking about what way it's going to be you get in and all the rest of it. We'll cross that bridge when it happens. But yeah, because the tickets actually aren't on sale yet, aren't they not? That, yeah, the tickets won't be on sale until the start of March. Uh, but the car entry system is live. Yep. You can enter for select the selection process. It's live until the 4th of March, I think it is. And then we'll have a fun day ahead of and us. And then the next day we head butt walls. Is it, actually, is it the next day, is it? Yeah. Oh, I'm planning to be hungover again. 5th of, 5th of March, I it's, it's much more entertaining. Sassy League comes out. Yeah, so we're absolutely thrilled to bits that we're... I know. Got it sorted. It's unbelievable. Like, it's three years between yeah. the last one. I'm so excited. Fingers crossed it happens. It's, it's, no, say it's a little so prayer weird. for Dubshed, you know. Yeah. T's and P's. So buzzing. Um, yeah. Get your cars enter if you want to enter. I think it's going to be Come along and spectate, awesome. even if Happy you're not is. bringing a car. Yeah, indeed. Go and see say tickets won't go live until March, until the field is clear. Yeah, that's it. And there's no point in worrying about it until yeah. the time comes and you can see but what. In the meantime, we'll be preparing for it. Excellent. Oh, you guys have been down on site and all, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've seen a few photos the other day. Happy days. Myself then, I'm actually dispelling a conspiracy theory, which oh. is up for a topic that I potentially do not even work on cars because I built an engine stand. I came home last week, built an engine stand. We've talked about doing your gearbox, Lee. So I was like, oh, surprisingly, you get the gearbox onto the stand. We'll jet wash it, get it all nice and snazzy for a good clean down. Started to look at the stand, thought I could sticker that up and all, and then I realised that I actually had built your Stanley and not mine. Yeah, and I was very mad at myself because now I had to build my own again. So that was fun, uh, but it was actually nice to work at something again that was more for pleasure than necessity and yeah. feel like myself again, which is quite good. Uh, update on the Shed Sixty Two Secret Santa, which Nigel you talked about in the last one you were saying about coolest presents around. Well, I got uh, genuine a short shifter kit for his Mark Two. That was part of mine. I thought you were going to say I got genuine parts or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so got, genuine as a person, by the way. <laughs> yes, not the rapper. Uh, so got him a short shifter kit and bush kit for his Mark II, so he's that fitted and the good feedback from it, which is good. Also, shout out to Nick and Rachel in Massachusetts and Dennis in Canada for sending me stuff for birthday and Christmas stuff. Yeah. So uh, they sent me pickles. Did they do their sales? Yep. Everyone knows, or a lot of people will know that I'm not a fan of pickles. Oh my god, these things are unbelievable. Lovely. They're pickled in, uh, was it bourbon, bourbon and, and maple syrup? They're, I should have brought them down for you to try. Right. They're, they're actually unbelievable. I was just eating them with a fork. I was like, this is a revelation. Right. People might laugh. What are pickles? Are they like cucumbers or Cu- completely different? Cucumbers, yeah. Does so the your- typical pickle that you think of is a cucumber. Like You get it with every meal in America, like a quarter of a cucumber. In, and they're in vinegar. in vinegar and they're disgusting. But actually pickled vegetables done, done right. like that are or probably fine. But just full of flavor. Vinegary fucking courgette. No thanks. No thanks indeed. <laughs> uh but yeah, they're absolutely fantastic. 
Um, Dennis sent me a whole load of like hot rod mags and stuff as well, which and you got yourself a snazzy mugly. He sent you a, a Nova mug. It's so nice. So it yeah. has like pink flowers and stuff on it, and then it has Nova on it. Class, it's awesome. Did you did you talk about doing your window railer in the Mark Five? Did you did you get it done? Yeah. Was it a disaster? Because I remember um, the last time you were asking about it. So if anybody has a Mark V and has ever had to do a window regular replacement on it, I discovered when mine went that it's not just a simple job pulling your door card out. And Which would out. be the norm. Mark V's are designed such a way that you have to pull the door skin, the outer door skin off and get at them. And I had planned to do it myself after I followed a few or watched a few YouTube videos. And I was so glad I went to up to Andy's, Maxwell's place, and he basically helped me with it. Turns out there's Is a bit more work on it. Than, than what you'd imagine. But no, Andy's very capable. That's good. I have sort every faith in Andrew. Yeah, so not fun. Fun, fun job, yeah. Not I. fun. <laughs> uh, is that us then? Yeah. So oh, will good. we talk about where we are at the moment, which is Cars and Coffee at Blackline? Is it GTA and I and Blackline together? Yeah, uh, it's the Cars and Coffee. We hope to run a series of cars and coffee this year and this is one of the first this year at Blackline in Moira uh, Blackline Performance so in aid of Click Sergeant well it's Click Sergeant it's now called Young Lives versus Cancer they changed their name so uh, oh I didn't realise that was actually the same one yeah yeah so uh, it's busy cancer and children charity. Yeah. So I haven't counted the money up yet, but looking at the bucket, looks pretty healthy. Well, there's a lot of cars there Thank today. Thank you like. ever so much to everybody that turned up. And the variety was what blown me away. It was today. brilliant. Stephen Henry bought a GT3 RS down. Ah. Uh, Mark Easton bought a McLaren 670S. Didn't realise that was Mark's, yeah. That's... Um, a couple of R8s. There was an old 90s legacy as well. Yes. There it's, was a Nissan Bluebird and a Nissan Sunny. A Nissan Sunny Coupe. Yeah. I was like, and a 306 cool. convertible. Van, always a favourite of mine. Oh, yeah. The T4, the Slam T4. Uh, Mark's Mercedes. Yes, the green Mark, one. Yeah. Mark Hill. Um, he had a bit of trouble with an old 200, but he got a better one there. Oh, was that a different month. one again? Is yeah, it? he sold the white one because it needed a bit of welding. And the green's just, lovely. He fell across this green one and it's absolutely gorgeous. 230E. Ran Conley down in the Brothers Porsche with the custom wheels custom on wheels, it. Oh, yeah. it's so nice, that thing, the red. Um, Jack Hill's polo. A couple of cool polos here. Scott's was up up the back there. Oh, I didn't realise, yeah. Um, who else was here? Anthony in the Passat. B2. The B2. Yeah, yeah. that's Scott's cool. a nice car. It, as you say, like the variety of stuff that comes out, the things I got is really cool. And it's like, had a good look around Richie's Mark II as well. That's a B Type car. 19. Yeah. I think my favorite thing is, was just everybody's here. It's for a good cause and everybody's, it's nice to get out and have the crack and stuff. But obviously, it's wet, it's cold, it's shitty weather, the roads are disgusting. And most of the, some people had kind of cleaned their cars and stuff as best they could, but some, there's not really much point. To the fact. But that, that McLaren is sitting out there yep. and it's just bog and dirty. And the guy is clearly just like, ah, I bought yeah. it for driving. Let's yep. just fucking drive it. I think Mark's very like that, <laughs> isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Uh, no, it's good to see people out. I think that's the first automotive event, really, of any size since Titanic Dubs. Probably, yeah. I think we've I'm really been probably involved completely in. wrong. But probably shitting all over somebody's event there. But yeah, we'll yeah. go with it. <laughs> no, it's been a good day now. And shout out to Blackline for having us and yes, for letting us use the office, obviously. And Gavin's Jag sitting on the other side of that wall. Just bag. casually sitting with 500 odd break on oh, air. Yep, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he bought a wee Christmas present, the T6 van. What do you do with that? Big hybrid turbo bike. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah that'll be fun. That van is ridiculous. He had an air 
kept lying about and just said the fire in it too. End of the T6? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize he'd bagged it again. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good. We actually had done an episode with Gavin. If you're listening and haven't heard that episode, I can't remember which one it is, but if you look back for a black line performance, you can hear about the cars we're just discussing there. Yeah. And you'll um, hear Nigel coughing throughout, and yes. you'll know what's coming. And you, you'll hear COVID. Was I coughing then, was it? Yeah, yeah. You'll, hear, you'll hear Nigel transfer the COVID to Lee. <laughs> you'll hear the exact moment it happens. <laughs> At this moment, you know, you'd fucked up. <laughs> oh dear. we move on to the news then? Uh, yes, shall we? I'll kick off. Motorbike racing is back. Several announcements in the last week or two. Northwest. So with three major events that haven't been run. Was the Ulster Grand Prix run last year? There was something run? Dundraud? Or is that different? I don't think it was. Yeah. So, first of all, the big one here is the Northwest 200. This week was confirmed to run in May. Uh, after two years' absence, it's back 8th to the 14th of May, sponsored by Phonacab and Nickel Oils. If you've ever been to the Northwest 200, it's fantastic yeah i think it's quite an event of the weekend like yeah um on the back of that following that event it's usually a week or two after is the Man tt is back two-week festival of just awesomeness on the island of man 20th of may to the 14th of june so isle of man if you don't know is a wee island in between you, you say it's politically correctly well just go Ireland. i thought it's the middle yeah. of the Irish yeah yeah <laughs> Well, um, we'll annoy someone, don't worry. It has its own parliament in all Isle of Man, isn't it? I think it does, yeah. Uh, and basically, when you get out of 30 or 40 zones, it's restricted. It's, yeah, it's unlimited, you can drive whatever speed you want. But then it's only an island of about three mile across. You can yeah. only get so fast. <laughs> so it's a motorsport mega, and uh, yeah. ITV usually show that the races, don't Yeah, they? do, yeah. ITV it's good to see uh, motorsport coming back as well. Yeah, and then also Grand Prix after... Covid and then they had financial problems as well. They had debts of three hundred thousand or oh, something. They were, I think they nearly folded up or something. They're back sixteenth to the twentieth of August. So motorbike fans out there, it's coming back, baby. I like it. I do. That's any sort of anything that pushes motorsport in this country is yeah. is on with me. Like you have some motorbike news, Lee, have you? I do. Um, Valentino Rossi, obviously extremely successful MotoGP the, superbike rider. The doctor. The doctor. Um, has officially transferred from two wheels to four. So um, Did he not tried out a few years ago? I think now that he's officially retired. He's properly. Yeah. Uh, so he's signed up for the GT World Challenge Europe series. He'll be driving a GT3 with the WRT team in 2022. That just goes to show like those guys, like you can't just switch off from that. You know, how do you go from being world champion? Sorry, beg your pardon. Driving an Audi R8. Ah, right. Not just as cool, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but then you talk about switching off. There's footballers. A lot of them turn to alcohol after oh, really? playing premiership football. Was that the thing, is it? Well, it used to be in the 90s. Uh, you, Gaza? Get, yeah. You get footballers and they're just used to going out in the stadium. Need something to fill that, that void. buzz, I suppose, yeah. Can't get the buzz anymore. A lot of ones find it difficult. You look like the Travis Pastrana and stuff, like jumping from like sport to sport and even Kimi Räikkönen had a stint in WRC as well. Like, you know, yeah. I suppose it's just it's in you to want to go fast. Uh, so it's not been confirmed who will be sharing driving duties. However, uh, Rossi's famous number 46 will be present. All right, he's keeping the number. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. My first one then is about adverts in France. Have you heard anything about this, guys? No. Adverts? The, yeah, so car adverts in France as of March twenty. 22 so this year will be required to show one of three standardized messages so obviously i will read these in english but they will be in french so 
The first one is for day-to-day use, take public transportation. The other one is consider carpooling. And lastly, for short trips, opt for walking or cycling. So this they're going to have to display this on car adverts. So this gave them some years of lobbyists trying to push for actual outright bans of advertising cars in France. And this is sort of a compromise. So what an absolute load of balls. This covers print media, TV, radio, and internet ads as well, snore, with the exception. Snore. Yeah, well, it's mental. Like, and then the exception of radio, they have to include hashtag move less and pollute more. Sorry, move less, move and pollute less. That's, move your, less that's your motto, move less, less and pollute more. more. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's the inner workings of me coming out there. Did you ever hear as much shitely? Like weaknesses really, went up its own ass. That's pretty much what it is. It's like if you don't know to do those things, like you know, if you're going to go to the shop and you're not already going to walk, you don't automatically think, yeah. "Oh well, maybe that advert's right. Maybe I should walk." No, I'm going to take the car. That's just ridiculous. Like, but there we go. Bullshit. So where we live in today. Yeah. You're talking about ads there, just to follow on from an ad. I've just you know you're scrolling through your Facebook feed the odd time. Uh huh. And I showed you this earlier on, and it's one that stuck out at me, I think because it was liked that much in the comments. It was an advert in, on Facebook Marketplace. Of course, the, the dream that is. I'm just going to read it out to you here. And it's in the Buy and Sell Cars Ireland, and it's Mr. Ian Coyne. So he's selling a Mark V Golf. So I'm just going to read you out the description of the advert, and I did have a wee laugh to it. So here we go. Uh, a few choice pictures of it. Nice wee red Golf, and I said, I don't know what they are. Very reluctant seal. I've had this car and always looked forward to getting insured when I got my full license. And hitting the prom, so he's from Waterford, so he's not talking about the prom in Port Stewart. Nope. And pulling a couple of hot chicks as soon as they see the shine from this baby, there be no effort needing pulling. Genuinely change in plan. I'm going to leave the girls off and sell a beautiful golf to the first good looking chap. Needs NCT, can be sorted if deposit is paid. First of you will buy. I do love a bit of effort put in an advert like that. Do you um, remember the polo advert, the video the boy done, the wee bread van? No. There was a boy, it went viral, and he basically done this two minute video, just taking the piss out of his polo. Uh, and it for sale. Just went viral. But to be honest with you, like, that's good advertising. Yeah. Like We're sitting talking about it here, and people are sharing and liking it. Someone's going to see it. It's probably sold. Probably is. <laughs> but no, I like that. That's kind of newsy follow up from your advert thing there, just... Off the back of what you said earlier about shows went back, obviously Dubshed's back, entries are open for it. Yeah, baby. Uh, we also have the RS Owners Club, so yep. their show is running on the 21st of May, and DB Daily's DB on the Key is going ahead this year as well, they just haven't set their date yet. Seen that, yeah. So, yeah, there's a few more shows to come, folks, which is excellent. Um, Dakar News, anybody who's listened to the podcast knows I'm a bit of a secret Dakar fan, so I've been keeping... Keeping tabs on it as it's been going along. Some of the crashes have been phenomenal, I will say. Yeah. So it finished up uh, just yesterday, um, the 14th of January. So the man with the unpronounceable name, Nasser Alataya. Probably closer than I would get. Possibly close. Um, was the winner this year in the Toyota Hilux. Uh, 27 minutes over Sebastian Loeb, who finished second. And the motorbike winner was a Sam Sunderland for KTM. So Hondas have won the last two years in the bikes. So now the title's going back to KTM, who are the kind of most up the orange, most frequent winners of I think in the bike category. What so do you say, Connor? Up the orange. I had to keep balance. I think I insulted somebody the last time. <laughs> Orangey woman. <laughs> 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 uh, 
So it's been uh, an interesting Dakar, as it always is. There's been uh, various uh, incidents. There was an explosion at the beginning of the race. I didn't hear that. Suicide bomber or what? I don't. You, you joke. Kind of that, little information about it, like because it, it is in Saudi, like so. The, and there was terrorist attacks in Africa. That's why they moved it. There was people killed, like officials killed when it was in across North Africa. Wasn't well, in it? fairness, yeah. I'd wonder where Al Qaeda had gone to because coronavirus basically put them in pause for oh, two the, years. They're here. attacking the Dakar rally. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Um, what else happened? Unfortunately, a mechanic was killed in a crash while driving between stages. It being the most deadly rally on earth. Oh, it's that's mental, like yeah. You know. Unfortunately, one of the, the common occurrences. Uh, there's a few controversial kind of penalties and stuff avoided, or kind of, well, avoided and awarded, I should say. So uh, Alataya, actually, he and his teammate picked up a time penalty for failing to have their seatbelts on at one stage. Weird. But Sebastian Loeb avoided a penalty, I think, the day before for something to do with like his spare tire coming loose so there was like a whole controversy of like well why did they get and they didn't Mm -hmm. but it didn't matter in the end anyway because he won by like over half an hour the bike category i think the time was between first and second was like three minutes or something over the whole thing so it was really tight there's a few accidents and stuff and the axial dakar rally instagram page does a lot of like the helicopter shots and you can see and like some of the crashes like with the big trucks as well. There, there's an end over end one I seen. Was it the he truck? Came over one? at June and just out of nowhere she just. Yep. Oh, it's crazy. Like some of the terrain changes. I suppose when you when you get airborne, you don't know what you're going to land on either. Like talking about crashes, is he Craig Breen? I did indeed. Rode off the. Well, didn't ride it off. He can never really ride off rally cars, but he made a core mess. He made a good attempt at it. I'll have yeah. to say that. Yeah. Not a great start to the contract. And not a like when you seen when he clipped, it was just clipped a wheel. So it was a wee small, bridge. Yep. Just clipped the bridge. Clipped it and it sort of upset the car, hit the back end and just straight down a But if you watch a drop. the start of that video, there's, I think it's a two minute video just before he crashed and it's at the end of the two the surface was frosty and then not frosty. I, I actually watched that video. The car was... I thought it was cut from different things because one corner there was ice yeah. and in the next corner it was like a summer's day and I was like, what's I, going I think on that here? stage was just patchy ice and all yeah. the problems. You know? It's no sad to see an end like that to it but at least yeah. he's alright that's the thing he yeah. did say the car was okay I looked at it and was like are you sure Craig but uh, may want to check super resin she'll be <laughs> she'll buff out <laughs> Audi had a, uh, their new oh the electric e-tron whatever thingy How at the Dakar quite well yeah. um, I think Science and some other big name the other name that I can't pronounce with my horrendous Northern Irish accent is Stefan Peter Hansel but it's actually Peter Ansel <laughs> <laughs> I think they were driving for Audi. I think there was three Audis actually in. I think one of them didn't finish and the other two did pretty well. The electrical systems will get some testing on that train, like mm. we imagine. My final piece of news then is about Tesla. We always seem to touch on Tesla or something EV related. But in this case, a 19-year-old German, David Colombo, has hacked two dozen Teslas across 13 different countries. So he did this using a third-party software, and it wasn't actually a fault of Tesla's like software or their network or anything, but it was issues with things that the drivers had done to the vehicles, you know, or left open, that kind of thing. So the thing is, though, do you really care if it's Tesla's fault or the driver's fault when your car's been hacked? You know, it's, it's, it's hackable. It's still, it's still hackable. But he said he had control of sentry mode, which is like their... Uh, Alarm system Yeah, kind so of the thing. camera turns on, you know, when it's parked up, that kind of thing. So you could switch that on and off open and close the windows and doors and keyless start during driving and control the lights and stuff too. So it's a bit scary. You imagine you're driving along somebody literally can hack the car like in a film. Did you hear the uh, Cybertruck is delayed again? Uh, Shock. Yes, I heard that. <laughs> I. 
I don't think they've actually given it a an official an date. official date. Now they've just they Originally had it. It was meant to be twenty two, wasn't it? It was supposed to be twenty one. Oh, then it was twenty two, and now they haven't given it another date. I think, but they've taken all the twenty twos off the, the website. website. Yeah. They've just like deleted. Should it's it. more. It's now more like a coming soon kind of a thing rather than an actual date. Potentially coming. Deleted quicker than a down street party office. Yep. Notes. <laughs> Sorry to Boris. Next bit of news was basically Netflix, uh, Drive to Survive, the hit series. It's not really correlated, but it kind of is. I, I know exactly what you're about to say. Netflix is teaming up with the PGA Tour and Golf's major championship oh, no. for a documentary series that will follow the lives and stories of the world's top professional golfers across the 2022 series. Does Tiger Woods still plan that? Probably, yeah, that he does, f- Interesting guy to follow off her. But the, the funny thing about it is they can still call it Drive to Survive. Yes, because that's a, yeah. technically a golf term. I like okay. it. The suggestion would be more like drive, pitch, and putt to survive. <laughs> <laughs> but um, is there a name for it? No, no, no. Yet. Yeah, that's I a, hope it's drive to survive. They've definitely yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, they found a format like having the. They'll yeah. just apply it to all sports now. What's next in the radar then? Should follow us. They'll be bored. BTCC. How yeah. class would that be? Yeah. yeah. Boys yeah. punching each other in the pits and all. That actually probably would be better than WRC. Yeah. Yeah. WRC. Well, they have talked about a WRC yeah, one. I think I talked about it in the but news. But the touring yeah. cars would be yeah. absolutely immense because the the personalities NASCAR. in it. What do I do with my hands? We'll say it's uh, Talladega Nights is essentially yeah. what you're you're suggesting there. <laughs> it's true to life. You good? So you two can tell me all about what YouTube's you've been watching because it's not really my bag. So well, hit. you've been watching some of my so sorry. I have a little bit. Hit me up. Go for it, Nigel. Right, you you turn. YouTube on, sometimes it's on the homepage, you get the suggested list. Sometimes it's good, sometimes maybe good, I fell down sometimes camper, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I fell down a camper van, YouTube hole. All right. Um, the first channel I started following was Lost in Transit. Okay. So uh, my plan long term is basically when I retire is to have a camper van. You going off grid, are you? Oh, no, not off grid. No, I couldn't do off grid. Episode, I'm not good. shitting in the woods. <laughs> but... Uh, does Nigel shit in the woods? Long Last term. year after Eurotreffin, and we were talking about we might camp at Eurotreffin next year, I went down a rabbit hole oh. of camper vans on Gumtree and Dundee. And you want to see, because of COVID and everything and everybody was doing staycations and stuff, the price of anything like that, yeah. if it mentions camper van or like holiday, anything, it was just like through the roof. And there was these yep. highest vans with like, a wardrobe bolted into the back of it, like literally. The guys were selling for like ten grand and stuff. Two pallets with an IKEA mattress on it. But no <laughs> joke, it really was. Because I'm too old for camping now. I don't like it. I need a proper bed. Yeah. So, uh, this is basically uh, it's this couple, Tom and Isabel, and they have a Ford Transit, which they've converted into a camper van. They nicknamed it La Bamba. So, I think there's probably about thirty to forty videos, and usually about. 15 20 minutes long so they have they started to do living off grid they went into spain and portugal and then covid hit them halfway through i think they started to and then they stopped and then they went again last year and then because the lockdown last winter and all the rest of it so this year they've been going around england scotland and at the minute they're going around ireland really just great viewing they're really good at filming stuff like that there if you're into that camper life i know there's a few listeners around their campers so it's good my sister and her partner built a kind of home-built camper last year yeah out of a crafter is it a crafter yeah davy's a joiner and he's pretty handy with stuff and but he put like a window and all into it 
and she decked out the whole thing. There's bunk beds in it and cool. like the whole kitchen and all. It's actually, it's class. It's probably better fitted out than our houses. Yeah, <laughs> it probably is. Uh, just a, another channel then suggested on me was called Travel Bean. So again, it's a couple, um, Alex and Gemma. Now they started off doing like travel vlogs. They flew to places um, all around Far East and Africa and stuff like that. So we have a few videos prior to them getting the camper van. Mm-hmm. So it's basically... Some of the early, earlier videos of them buying a camper van turned out to be an absolute bucket of shit. But they only found this out when they bought it and they took it to get an independent check. Uh-huh. And the hole underneath it was rotten. Oh, lovely. So then six months later, they got another T4. So they're, they're a bit raised in their production levels. Um, they're really good presenters. Um, they get them an insight into off-grid living. One of the recent videos was actually that they drove to Austria at a ski resort. And right. up into the mountains and they camped in ridiculous temperatures. They had Christmas Day up in the mountains in Austria, like mm-hmm. ridiculously cold. Um, and then you get to see some of the problems they have and some of the scenery they're going to. Sort of like, as is Lost in Transit as well. They're good channels to follow. Yeah. If you're I'm sure you see parts of the world you never would in holidays like that. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. mental where you can just park up and chill well, out. That, that Lost in Transit, they basically went through Donegal. Now they're doing the Wild Atlantic Way. like, And they're not... They're not just skipping over places. They're going everywhere. And the yeah. detail on it. You like know. a travel vlog. Yeah. Is that you? I have another, just briefly mentioned, Supercar Driver channel. They've done a very good video, Class of 03. So it's basically a 996 GT3 RS, 360 Stradale, an E46 CSL, 15, 20-minute video, just three awesome cars, filmed in stunning quality, reviews of the cars, just talking about the three cars, how they're the best cars of the area. Kind of Top mm. Gear-esque type stuff, is yeah. it? Very good. Oh, fantastic. Check it out. I have two here. First one is our friend's Revival Motoring podcast. They have a YouTube channel as well, just Revival Motoring. That a guy on had a Beetle called Project Stinkbug, which they were doing desert racing in. And the guy invited Corey, who's one of the hosts of the show, to come down and do the desert racing with him in uh, outside Vegas. Class. So it's like a 400-mile race or something. It's just absolutely insane. I don't know how the Beatles take that abuse. So they're all like jacked up and you know, they're built for it, but it's just serious abuse. And this is like an amateur-run team that they're doing it with. So they kind of vlog the whole thing, and it's, it's definitely an interesting sight into what goes on with it. And, you know, like there's a lot of times it's, uh, well, even things like you can't drink cold water in the desert because all the shaking about, you have to drink like, air temperature water like tepid water because yeah. you will throw up which Corey found out you know things like that oh, yeah okay uh, so it's a good insight into it and then the second one is Mike Poley he runs the rabbit hole YouTube channel yeah. which is mostly Mark 1 stuff he has a new Mark 1 madness video out but the one I want to chat about is he's a guy done like a review of this guy's American truck it's like an old American truck that he built himself with a turbo V8 on it and it's all home built and tells the whole story of how they got the truck. That's that's a really good one to check out too. So that's just my two for this week then. Awesome. Will we move on to our main topic then? Yeah, absolutely. Just before we move on, I want to mention our sponsor, Studio 10 Bespoke Car Care. Located in Ballymena, Northern Ireland, not only are they a Mavinci approved detailer, specialising in vehicle detailing, paint correction and ceramic coatings, but they also have a series of online training courses called Foundation Pro. Foundation Pro is designed to help you improve your skill set at any level, whether starting out on your own vehicle or starting a business venture, and it also comes with many benefits such as discounts with various detailing companies. To get more details on packages offered, Foundation Pro or the other services they provide, check them out at studio10car.care or simply search Studio 10 Detailing on Google, Facebook or Instagram. So our topic then, as Lee mentioned earlier on, is automotive conspiracy theories. So 
don your tinfoil hats, folks, because we're taking a deep dive into a murky world. Now, we all know some conspiracies are real. We know that birds aren't real, as we've mentioned many times in this podcast. That is true. And we also know that back in the 40s, someone developed a cure for pooping and the big toilet paper guys bought it all up and just locked it away. Yeah, I heard that too. But we'll move on to the real murky waters of the automotive world. So the first one is actually one that Nigel covered for us back in episode eight, and it was the story of John DeLorean. So while we all may know the story of DeLorean's brand failing spectacularly, I attempted to save the company with a smuggling 24 millions worth of cocaine into America, which isn't the usual businessman move, we might say. But was he set up? So we know that he was set up because he was thrown out of court for entrapment. Mm-hmm. But the real question is who set him up? So officially it was the uh, FBI informant, his neighbor, who set him up, as we, we heard back on that episode. Mm-hmm. But as John has fueled this conspiracy himself, he reckons that because he was once a high flyer at General Motors, left to start out his own company, that the guys at GM did not like this. He obviously left a trail of hurt feelings and... Mm-hmm sad emotions there um <laughs> he reckons that they actually set him up so that they were the ones that went and said right we're going to get this guy we can't have him competing against us which is kind of ties into the whole john delorean i'm better than you thing mm. that he actually thought he was good enough that that's what they would do so he reckoned general motors set up the drug deal his neighbor who, who was an fbi snitch got him involved in the deal and then they organized to have him arrested during it while it's true that the neighbor was an fbi snitch and did get him involved in the drug deal and that's what we said got the case dropped there's zero evidence that suggests gm actually had any part in it but Mm -hmm. the little thing like a lack of evidence didn't stop john from going public and accusing gm directly after the trial setting the whole thing up to destroy him and it's actually something that john was adamant about to his death no matter who set him up. He still did it. He still did it. Yeah. No matter, if somebody comes to you and says, hey, do you want to smuggle a load of cocaine? You have the option of saying no. Yeah. Which he didn't. Yeah, the whole uh, entrapment thing is a bit funny for me. Because, yeah, because you say, like, if you were a good enough person, you wouldn't have done that yeah, in the first place. I think the thing with entrapment is, but for that, you wouldn't have done it or it wouldn't well, have happened. Well, fair enough, yeah. But. He clearly went along with it. Yeah, you still said yes. Somebody comes and says, hey, go and steal that TV. It's not their fault if you do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first time I tried to get somebody to do something <laughs> stupid. Our next one then is actually tied in with this. And it's our old friend Colin Chapman of Lotus. Mm-hmm. So he was the owner of Lotus and an absolutely impressive engineer to the point where when Ferrari had six constructor titles, McLaren had one. Lotus actually had seven. So and that was down to his Lotus engineering prowess and the fact that he's willing to take risks. But how many risks would he take? Mm. So 16th of December, 1982, age 54, Chapman dies of a heart attack. Just having passed a major health checkup for his life insurance renewal and his pilot's license, no less. His team contacted the family to attend. They were in America. They wanted to attend the funeral. And he was told that he'd been buried already, which was pretty quick. Mm -hmm. He also just returned from Paris. But there's no actual record of him being on the private plane that flew in from Paris to Norwich Airport. And nobody except his wife and the doctor who signed the death note has actually seen the body from he died. Is this like Bin Laden all over again? It's pretty much. They dumped him at sea. <laughs> so uh, locals also say, you can't say how true this is, that the doctor who drew up the death certificate actually disappeared himself shortly after the fire was done. But what has Chapman to gain from faking his death? Our old friend John DeLorean makes an appearance. John was given multi-millions by the british government to set up the delorean factory as we know in south belfast mm-hmm. probably what 20 miles from here less yeah 
And when the DeLorean scandal all kicked off with his uh, little drug deal, £10 million, which was £30 million today, the money that the government gave him was missing. So Margaret Thatcher clicked her devilish hooves and sent the, <laughs> the dogs in barking to look for this money. Uh, it ended up being traced back to Lotus from DeLorean for, and I quote, engineering work, having been paid by a Swiss-based Panamanian company ran by a DeLorean dealer, mm-hmm. which contradicts what Chapman said when questioned by th- authorities earlier. He stated neither he nor Lotus were ever paid by a company via Panama. Why would you lie? Maybe he didn't know. Maybe he didn't. Somebody sends you money. How do you know where Maybe it Maybe birds from? are real. Yeah. So... With Chapman dead and DeLorean being protected by a non-extradition treaty, Lotus accountant Fred Bushell was the fall guy. He refused to cooperate with authorities, fair play him, and received a four-year sentence when they discovered that he actually funneled money from the deal into his own account as well. He knows the crack. He does. Snitches get stitches. The judge in the case also stated that Chapman, had he still been alive, would likely have received a 10-year sentence for his involvement just on the evidence alone that they had for that. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely something going on with old Colin. So... Chapman died at a pretty convenient time, or did he pick a pretty convenient time to die? Or wink, disappear. wink, exactly. Mm. And a lot of rumors say that he actually retired to South America for the rest of his days. Like the Nazis? Like the Nazis, indeed. <laughs> so uh, there's actually another rumor as well that John DeLorean had him killed. And if you if you Google search about a thing called Digitalis, it'll come up and it goes off on a big, it's like big tangent. medicine, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. It's hard to trace and things like that, so... That's one that you can take a really serious dive into. Mm. There's actually a few here, so I just want to touch lightly on them. Plus, you don't want to give too much information that you discredit these. <laughs> we want to believe these are real. So another one then takes us to America. And the humble streetcar, or as we call them, a tram, is the subject of our next conspiracy story. And one that's turned out actually to be pretty true. Back in the 1940s in America, a consortium made up of companies like General Motors, who raise their head in this quite a lot, and mm. we're probably going to get sued, Standard Oil and... Just keep saying allegedly. Allegedly. And then we're fine. This is all allegedly, folks. (laughs) Uh, And Firestone, they had a consortium called National City Lines, which took control of a bunch of the trans systems in the city centre across Mm -hmm. America. And they actually shot a whole lot of them down and replaced them with bus routes. So while clean, reliable, silent, electric public transport is good, it's not good for the profit margins of people who are dependent on the public ban running and maintaining internal combustion engine vehicles. Mm -hmm. So, no, you don't want that. No. Buy them up, shut them down. <laughs> the companies were taken to court at the end of the 40s and convicted of conspiracy to form a monopoly for buses and to manipulate the industry supplying things buses need, such as fuel and tires. Which, when you actually think about it, across like the wider country, those are all the things that people used to. So yeah. what was the knock-on effect countrywide? You know, and the judges were looking at this and couldn't actually prove what had happened. Mm-hmm. Maybe they didn't want to prove what had happened to their friends there but it uh some shady dealing probably affected everyone across the country uh, so as stated this wasn't actually some made up scheme but it was just dirty business yeah our next one then is our old friend elon musk oh elon elon no stranger to controversy as we know he's obsessed with space like totally obsessed with yeah. space if that's the case why wouldn't we think that he's an alien so there's a conspiracy going around that elon is actually an alien He's Elon Musk. I was going to say, Elon does sound quite like Alien. Yep. So he has tweeted before that he thinks aliens built the pyramids. So maybe he has some insider knowledge there. Lots of people think that. And are we all aliens? <laughs> uh, he not only is he obsessed with space, he's obsessed with going to space. So he built a car, then he built a rocket, and then he used the rocket to shoot the car into space. Why, yeah. would, why would you want a car in space all them to drive it there? The man's obsessed. <laughs> 
if he's an alien, how did he get here? Maybe he was abandoned by his family. Would you want him? True. But I was going to say, like, <laughs> if he got here, you know, obviously he knows how to get away again, so... Well, he has also admitted that he wants to retire to Mars. So are these the ramblings of a lunatic? And I'm not talking about what I'm saying, because these are the ramblings of a lunatic. Or is he an actual alien? I think the latter is most likely. You also have to look at the child that he had. He's called X-A12, perhaps after his home planet. Maybe. Possibly. So the Tesla owners of Silicon Valley account on Twitter asked Elon outright if he was an alien. He responded saying, aliens exist in physics and philosophy. Aliens could be among us, dot, dot, dot. Some people think I'm an alien, but it's not true. And personally, I think that's something an alien would say that wants to remain undercover. Do you not? Mm. So. Although- I mean, I'm obsessed with flying. I want to be able to fly. It doesn't mean I'm a bird. You can't be a bird. They're not real. doesn't mean I'm a bat. <laughs> Depends who you ask. <laughs> um, he also said he aims to land people on Mars by 2025. And he also aims to have landed 1 million people on Mars by 2050. So he'll be 80 by that stage. these 1 million lunatics that are dying to jump on a rocket and go to Mars? I don't know. But he wants to make human beings multiplanetary, apparently. And to colonize Mars, his goal is to send three starships per day to Mars, carrying megatons of stuff required for the job. And loans will be available to anyone who wants to go that hasn't got the money. It won't work, though. But clearly you have to, like, work as a slave to Elon's alien race to work off your loan, so it's all right. You can't get back because you can't afford. Payload? I mean... Elon's got it sorted, don't worry, he's an alien. (laughs) So this also explained the whole Tesla thing, person EVs, because we know that internal combustion engines won't work in space because you don't have oxygen. Mm-hmm. So the EVs are the way forward. Think about it, folks, but it makes sense. gravity. What about gravity? The Mars rover? The lunar yeah, rover? So. Does the job? There is some gravity on Mars, I just don't think it's as much as here, is it? You always have gravity, because that's what holds the planet together. Yeah. So. But oh, I was going to say something, I can't remember what it was. See, as the government raised, you have to get your tinfoil hat on. That's what it is. They're wiping my memory. <laughs> so, uh... Another one then is about Porsche, and this one comes from Thrillist.com. So the theory is, contrary to official stories, the Volkswagen Beetle, Porsche 356, and the Porsche 911 weren't designed by any member of the Porsche family. They're not all the same car. They're not definitely not all the same car. Um, theories about the Beetle's true origins range from a Jewish man named Josef Gans, who designed a very similar car several years earlier to Ferdinand Porsche outrightly copying significant chunks of another even more similar car built by a company called Tatra. Then there's the story of Edwin Cominda. He designed the Beetle, the 356 and the 911 only to have his personal archive, literally his life's work and design sketches taken posthumously after bequeathing it to Porsche on his deathbed according to his family while under diminished mental capacity. The story goes that this allowed Porsche to call Ferdinand Porsche the father of the Volkswagen, Ferry Porsche the father of the 356 and Butsy Porsche the father of the 911. The facts apparently are that Porsche, the company not the man, doesn't deny Edwin's involvement in the company's history one bit although it understandably draws attention to the roles of the Porsche family wherever possible so that's their whole thing is Mm. the Porsche family design. Edwin was Porsche's chief designer so it's kind of hard to hide the fact that he was involved in it too yeah there's a fundamental distinction to be made here between a careful cultivation of brand imagery and active cover-ups did significant chunks of the beetle come from another car the only certainty is that there was a lawsuit about it and that seven figures were paid to tatra after world war ii there's a trail of money Mm -hmm. so while butsy porsche was studying under edwin work 
on what would eventually become the 911 commenced and obviously no single man designs cars within a vacuum interestingly most of the claims arise from edwin's descendants who have their own reasons for wanting edwin to command a larger historical role mm. probably cash yeah <laughs> Our next one then is back to the States and our good friends allegedly GM. <laughs> um, Ralph Nader, political activist, author and attorney who wrote the book Unsafe at Any Speed. Have you ever heard of that book? I don't know. So it was written in 1965 after he found an interest in issues of automobile safety while he was a law student. Unsafe at Any Speed was a critical deep dive into the automotive industry by claiming that American automobiles were generally unsafe to operate. Nader researched case files from more than 100 lawsuits then pending against General Motors' Chevrolet Corvair to support his book. The book was a big seller, but as you could probably have predicted, that didn't go down well with GM. In an attempt to discredit Nader and seemingly determined to shut him up, GM had his phone tapped to dig up any and all dirt on him. They even went as far as hiring prostitutes to try and catch him with him. This but was did he say no? Probably. Like DeLorean should have done? Yes. <laughs> I probably did. Well, this work is good. This was all a bit silly, though, considering that Nader was actually working as a consultant to a United States senator. So when he told the senator what was happening, the senator launched an inquiry that seen GM CEO James Roach admit under oath that the company had hired a private detective agency to investigate Nader. <laughs> so while you think you're being followed, maybe you are. Yeah. Nader sued GM for invasion of privacy, and the case was settled for four hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars in nineteen seventy, and that's the equivalent of three million pound, three million dollars today. Mm-hmm. Regular listeners will know we've been on a bit of an F one kick this past year or so. Yes. So why not bring F one into this as well? Mm-hmm. So our previous guest Robin on the last episode there had actually alluded to you don't ask where the money comes from in F one because mm-hmm. someone might tell you. So this ties into that. Most of you know the name Bernie Eccleston. For those who don't, he's a multi-billionaire businessman, ex-racing driver, and former Formula One chief executive. But can we add Robert to that list? So the theory is that Bernie Eccleston was a small-time racing driver, which he he was, a manager in the 1950s, before dropping out of motorsport entirely for years. In 1963, one of the most daring train robberies of modern times took place. The Great Train Robbery. Yeah, they weren't very inventive with names back then. They weren't. Great War, Great Train Robbery. Everything was great. Yeah. It's like Lego. Everything is awesome. Yeah. Uh, £2.6 million was stolen from the Royal Mail train in England and the heist utilised a former racing driver as a getaway driver, a known associate of Eccleston. Flash forward to the late 60s and Eccleston is suddenly wealthy, supposedly via property. Most of the robbers are behind bars and the most influential man F1 has ever known is on his way to the top. Mm-hmm. Some of the participants were never actually captured, so Bernie's participation is certainly plausible. But Eccleston has been accused of a lot more wrongdoings over the years that make this look like amateur are. We're talking things like bribing bankers and £30 billion deals, or Stanton trial on bribery charges in which he was accused of paying a German banker £26 million to ensure a company Eccleston favoured could buy a stake in Formula 1. He faced being in prison for a decade, but he simply paid the German court £60 million to end the trial. So funky deals with money are no stranger to Bernie here. Mm. He manages to sidestep each charge with Admiral Savvy though, and often discusses selected aspects of the cases publicly. This rumour of his involvement with the Great Train Robbery has been around from the beginning, and although he publicly comments on it, he simply says, there wasn't enough money on that train, I could have done something a lot better than that. Like the Northern Bank? Northern Bank, that's a local one for you. (laughs) Interesting bit about that, the guy who was the uh, getaway driver, the Formula 1 guy, Mm -hmm. obviously went to jail, he was released in the 70s, um, they wouldn't take him back into Formula 1 because he hadn't driven a car, never mind a race car. In years. In 10 years or so. But he had been a, a silversmith beforehand. 
Mm-hmm. So they got him to make some of the F1 trophies, which are still in existence today. Oh, that's cool. And then lastly, we have uh, a recent conspiracy theory, stretching as far back as 2021. So last year, we seen the UK fuel stations with cars queued down the roads, restricting how much fuel you could buy, and signs displayed such as no fuel. So much like something from the scenes of a film set in a dystopian future, this was the UK fuel crisis. Mm-hmm. Could you call it a crisis? It's known as a crisis, but I mean, it was what bollocks. was it? About three days. It was an absolute pile of balls. The official cause was the lack of HGV drivers due to Brexit. So it was more of a labour shortage than an actual fuel shortage as such. Yeah. But that's the official story. We know better here. People say the real reason was to inconvenience drivers of internal combustion engine cars yeah. and show what the future would be like, thus reinforcing the need for drivers to switch to electric vehicles. Yeah. Seems a bit far-fetched, but according to Vice.com, Autotrader reported surges in demand for electric vehicles just after this happening. So yeah. maybe the government's evil plots worked. I sure I think I had a news story about that. That there was some survey done after that to say would people be more likely to buy an electric car, and a lot more people said yes. They said yes. Yeah. So whether it was manufactured or Idiots. not, as I said, these are all alleged. But whether it was true or not, it certainly worked to the government's advantage in that state. If they want everybody to drive EVs, which they say they don't, they'll let. The market decide. Yeah, the market's deciding itself, isn't it? Mm. With a wee push. It's like karma. Sometimes karma needs a bit of help. <laughs> there was another last one, which was actually true, so we didn't really include it. And it's probably fairly well known, but I thought I'd talk about it. It's quite cool. You've been watching a lot of stuff with World War One and World War Two and yeah. tanks lately. So Citroen were actually building tanks at one point. Mm-hmm. And they've been taken over by the Nazis, were forced to build the tanks. Obviously, they don't want to sabotage things in any direct way to be seen because it could get executed or whatever. So the engineers took to moving the dipstick. Have you heard this? No. So they moved the mark on the dipstick. Oh, yes, actually, I have for heard the oil. this before, yeah. So when the Nazis were out trying to Nazi their way through Europe, everything looked fine. Tank isn't running right. Maybe it's starting to run hot, season up. They dipped the oil. The oil's fine. But they had actually lowered the dipstick mm. mark so it looked right, but it wasn't. I thought it was quite cool as well. So my internet search history is destroyed from doing this topic so i think hope everyone enjoyed that all right um i'm not a rambling lunatic well i am a rambling lunatic i'm not a general conspiracy theory but i did enjoy a bit of a deep dive into these which yeah. was fun if you know any other ones folks feel free to message them in and we'll read them out because at ta- like you get into this and there's some interesting stuff out there and then you get into it and you realize there's a lot of absolute raving lunatics out there as well the titanic was sunk for the insurance money but it wasn't actually the, t- the titanic it was olympic indeed yeah. sister ship another local one for us there yeah come to satanic dubs and you can see that <laughs> shall we move on then to our listener questions yes nigel's back with us after having to nip out there and sort nature out calls. yes nature calls. nature calls so he couldn't be with us for the conspiracy theory topic which is a pity you like a good conspiracy theory nigel <laughs> don't you i've seen your instagram posts yeah whatever <laughs> <I'll say> <laughs> <laughs> oh dear fight the power <laughs> I'm not far behind you. We had uh, we had said about asking for questions. We'd said Dubshed's back. What are you taking? What are you guys building? So we have a whole mixture of stuff here come through. So we'll just start with uh, DB Dailies. Dahi Dunn says, and this is straight back to the food. With all this biscuit talk, what are your secret combos or hacks? Example: minstrels and popcorn, etc. Right. Yeah, this is where Lee steps in because she Here's is where a I'm at. disgusting no, beast. Don't get me wrong. Not one anyway, of these. Lee just went, right, you two, shut up. I'm going to break us <laughs> down. Guys, step back. <laughs> I'm not one of these people who does 
like McDonald's chips into their milkshake or ice cream. I'm not that bad, okay? No. So do I just want to. He does look at him in the you? face. I used to. <laughs> Disgusting. I've matured. Or chips into your marshmallow ice from Kefolis. That's a lurking one. <laughs> but my favorite one is salt and vinegar coys and a star bar. And you eat them at the same time. So you like a couple of crisps in your mouth, bite of a star bar, a couple of crisps, bite of it. And you, uh, it's top tier. No. It's great. You're disgusting. I love that like sweet and salty thing. It's great. You. You. Pringle, um, Pringles and Maltesers. That sounds good. That's all into the same sort of thing, yeah. that chocolate and crisp mixture. Beef hula hoops. I have two for this. Either with Terry chocolate orange or, alternatively, uh, McDonald's sweet curry dip. God tier. Weird. I only really have one. So you go to the restaurants and stuff and you get like a beef and bird burger, which is usually your, your chicken on a beef burger. So I do the poor man's version when you go to McDonald's and I get one of like the 99p cheeseburgers mm-hmm. and chicken selects and put the chicken selects inside the 99p cheeseburger. Burger. Yep. Mc, McBeef and bird burger. McBeef and bur- And I definitely don't put chips on it either. No. Yep. <laughs> it's so My tasty. wife puts chips on the pizza, by the way. Just. Oh, I chips love Chips on wife. a pizza. That sounds good. Yep. She sort of folds in half and then it's just like a chicken pizza wrap thing. I Did like I ever it. tell you about the time I was staying in a hotel and I had ordered room service? And I was having pizza and chips. And I always have mayo. Because I love mayo with chips. And then I sometimes dip the pizza in it too. Because it's a bit like garlic and herb dip from Domino's. But I was sitting one day. And they had sent me up the, you know, the little stupid sachets of mayonnaise. And I was like, right. So I tore the thing. And you know when they tear off and they don't really tear properly. So I was like squeezing it, squeezing it. Because there was a wee And I was like, it'll come out in one big kind of spurt. If I just... So I did. And it, sure enough, it did. But it didn't spurt onto the plate. It spurted onto my forearm. Are you laughing at the back? She keeps saying spurt. Yes. <laughs> in the hotel room. Yes. I'm laughing at that. What are your thoughts on this? I just said nothing. But I only had like the one sachet mayonnaise. So I was like, well, I'm not wasting it. So I just dipped the chips into the mayonnaise on my arm and it was grand. I'm glad that you live away at times. I don't need to see this. <laughs> Next question, please. Uh, Jack Hanran <laughs> says he picked this up off the F1 Instagram page. It's quite good. Pick three F1 personalities for your dream dinner party. Ayrton Senna, Toto Wolf, and Daniel Ricciardo. Gunther. Oh, Gunther, I forgot about um, Gunther. Toto Wolf because I've seen him at the after party. Yes, he's man likes a party. Mm, Daniel, yeah, Daniel Ricciardo would be good. He'd be full. He seems like he would be great crack. And after uh, Robin talked about meeting him and saying he's yeah. nice guy and he has time for everybody. My three would probably be Gunther, Ricardo, and probably Kimmy. Although for sheer banter, would you put Horner, Toto, and Max? Harry Hill says, fight! Yes, <laughs> Banzai. <laughs> I need a third. Who's my third going to be? Like somebody from like the old school. James Hunt. Yeah. Or Nicky Lauda, if he was obviously still alive, that would He'd be like super interesting. He'd be handy for going to the party being alive, yeah. <laughs> it's a dream. It's a dream party. So He's therefore I can have there. whoever I like. <laughs> um, S14 OCP. If you had to make up your own Top Gear challenge, what would you do? Oh, that's a difficult one. Flip. I think we might. Back to that one. Do we have to revisit that one in the I next would episode? Love, I would love to do one of those. I think I've said this on the podcast before and then you all poo-pooed me because I was like, you just buy a cheap car and go and have the crack and then it was like, there's no thing as cheap cars anymore. No, they don't exist. But I would definitely pick a PT Cruiser. You and Richie Brian were always into doing something like that, weren't you? 
but we could we could go and do like the wild atlantic way or you know just something yeah. it'd be awesome i think that's homework for the next one we should come back to that yeah emma Doyle 93 can someone please ask me why boris johnson hasn't been assassinated jfk style yet nigel have you been on his uh, account on what you on uh, emma's account there <laughs> why? can someone please ask me why boris johnson hasn't been assassinated jfk style yet <laughs> we'll not we'll not comment on that <laughs> might happen yet we don't want to incriminate ourselves edgmvw <laughs> uh, the new year means i'm getting closer to some of my cars becoming mot and tax exempt it's good Yay. yep I like the old cars for that you'll not have much time because there's a wee injury at the weekend <laughs> someone's due it's oh due lovely all right just sell some of them cars and they'll be fine the new year for me signals insurance and mot season usually yeah mine's usually in right most that of as mine's well. like january foolishly i don't know why i ever started that setup yeah figured it out that way but um oh my god it's such a pain in the ass and then you know yourself dealing with insurance and then they send through your renewal and it's like way more than it was last year and then you have to like ring around other places and then you have to go back to your original insurer and go why are all these other companies loads cheaper blah 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 it's just and then they'll go oh right well we'll do it for that price and i'm like so why do you not just do it for that price to begin with then you absolute bunch of fucking crooks i refuse see when they say oh we'll match that i refuse to give them the business because my theory is why didn't you match it in the first place yeah you know you're just trying to rob me and i normally would have had the skoda mot around this time until i got my accidental exemption that i didn't even know about (laughs) so it's kind of pushed you out (laughs) uh wreck and rolf how many beers will we drink at euro tripper many oh see i want to say many but he brought me like 10 or 11 percent beer the last time so probably be three and then I'll be legless and you'll have really to carry like me. I don't really beer that much, but at, the, at this moment, if we're on holiday and we're in Florida drink anything. with our friends looking at cars, I'll just be whatever. Sounds terrible fun. <laughs> you need to come with us, Nigel. I told you earlier. Stick me in your suitcase. You work away. <laughs> uh, I can't pronounce this one. Projectide. P-R-O-J-E-K-T-I-E-D. Hello. Okay. Uh, it might be a popular question already, but what's the thoughts on the Drift Games planned car hub? I think we're talking that. We did, yeah. I still think it's a good idea. If they can do, as I said recently on one of the forums to a few guys, like... They got their 100k subscribers. They, they were did. floating around 90. Then Adam LZ done a video. And they got it. And just... Like yeah. I hope they weren't trying to call anyone's bluff because now they have to do it. <laughs> I think he was going to do it anyway. Yeah, I would say so. Apparently he was trying to get the 100k because that's when the sponsors... Your monetization stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's a big milestone for that. Plus you get your nice wee plaque for the wall to say oh, absolutely. 100k um yeah anything that pushes motorsport cars even static car shows anything in this country yeah. at all is a big plus in my book the response because, to that on social media has been amazing the support uh, yeah. for it yep it, and it's great to see yeah the more you can support guys like that they're out there trying to do things because ultimately like you can turn around and say yes they're making money off it or blah 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 but i mean they're doing a few if those guys don't do it it I, doesn't happen i had mentioned maybe they're going to do something with Modelo, but it was i forget who he was talking to and they think no it's not going to be it's not going to happen, yeah. So it's going to be a separate site. It's something I've been keeping an eye on just to see what yeah. is going to happen, but they're they're drip feeding it to us, like. Um, Irish Chris eighty one. Are you doing any shows like Ultimate Dubs Edition etc. this year? Anything across the water? Clean fest. Probably do clean fest clean in Scotland. Fest is a must. If edition um, happens, I wouldn't mind going. Like, yeah, it's probably ooh six years from we've done edition. Yeah, yeah it's been a good one. I wouldn't be in a rush back. It's the kind of show I go to on occasion, if you know what I mean. I wouldn't go every year anymore. I think the landscape 
Oh, that show has completely changed. Is that the scene in England, you know, yeah. moving away from Volkswagen as such? Um, I, I, I was talking to Robin there. I think we're maybe going to go to Goodwood, Festival of Speed, if I can. I would like to go to Goodwood. Either, obviously, Players Classic or Festival of Speed would be class as well. Because you guys have been and I haven't. No, we went and stagged you and you don't have a willy, so exactly. you can't go. <laughs> I'll never be back at Ultimate Dubs again. I'll never darken their door so they can go fuck themselves. I don't um, think you have your ML- back to MLVW is happening this year. Yes. Unofficially. We're not you, allowed to say. You were talking to someone today, were you? Hopefully. I like it. You hope he announces it before Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't given anything away. I just, you know, there may or may not. You know. That'll be good. Um, we haven't been to it for a couple of years now because we've been away when it's been on. Yeah. Hopefully it's on a convenient date this year. Not when we're away. <laughs> yeah. What have we got? Arn Noodle Hegarty. Really loved the last episode. Thank you very much, Arn. Really interesting. I'll try to have the office a bit tidier for you tomorrow. Well, just looking around the office I'm here at the minute. That hasn't succeeded. Currently sitting in Arn's seat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thank you. Keeping it warm for you. But yes, we're just happy to be here. DC Automotive Care. What's one skill each of you would like to learn working on cars? Welding. I think I said this before. Gearbox building. Mm. I have to get it in. I want to strip that gearbox of yours down, Lee, but I have the balls to do it. And I know that it works, so I don't want to pull it apart. <laughs> Upholstery. Yes, I, that's, that's yeah, something's been the work for you for mm. a while. There you go. Gearbox, welding, upholstery. At the minute, I can't even sew on a button, so I'm a, a ways away from it. Like <laughs> I can actually sew better than you can. You can, yeah. Um, so into some of the stuff then we're saying about uh, what are you bringing to the dub shed and reactions to the dub shed. So... Uh, Gethin underscore G10i. For the record, as organizers, we cannot wait to get Dubshed back on track. It's uh, not. I think there's quite a buzz around it. Let's go. Yep. Uh, Ronan underscore hates 21. As soon as I removed the engine, Dubshed was announced. So I'll be in a daily or at the bar. Yeah, so he's. Uh, Ronan's doing the hokey cokey with that engine. He this is last indeed. Year, so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't. don't know if he's announced what he's doing with it. So I really want to say, have yeah. you? Yeah. Do you know? No. Nope. Uh, it's interesting uh, he also says bring back the drag days which is good speak to Ben Lawrence on that one yeah uh, yeah I'd love to drag the Jetta what have we got Murph underscore VW bringing my B6 Passat wagon if I can get the last few bits for it Gemma 707 says she's bringing a microwave because I won't provide her with a microwave in the staff uh, the staff area so she has to bring her own oh dear it's like, that's, that's been an ongoing joke between me and her for a while Uh you cut her deep. I cut her deep. <laughs> Eric, uh, f- what's that, 413 Eric, wouldn't bring something. Well, that's good because he's from the States. But would love to make it out there to see all the friends and different builds. Certainly come on over. It's good to see different stuff. That's why we like going to the States as well, chatting yeah. to people. And like, that's what Stefan was saying. He wants to go away with us in the summer. And he was saying, like, it's going to be nice to see stuff that you haven't seen ever. But like, and if, if anybody in America is thinking of coming over, give us a shout. If yeah. you're, if you find a daunting, you know, we'll, we, can, we can help you. Like, yep. Yeah. Provide as much Fly information. Dublin and you're two hours from the show. Hour. Yeah, that's so easy. Like, yeah. and we all live pretty local, so we we we'll know sort the areas. Accommodation and what to do. Aye. I'd be honest. You'd probably stay in our upstairs if you wanted. Wouldn't annoy us. We don't use it. Actually, just off the back of that, the likes of Dubshed should be interesting this year because there hasn't been a show in three years. So mm. the the show. Like the show field should have changed, you know, yeah. with the amount of different cars at it because people have bought and sold things for yeah. three years. I've been working on stuff and how um, many cars is Andy bringing? I want him to bring the transporter again. That would be class. Yeah. 21 <laughs> cars. 
Gobshin says, in my head, I'm bringing a Mark II 16 valve, a Beta GTI. That would be cool. In reality, a 10 of Monster and probably a Twix. <laughs> uh, Jack underscore slow up, bringing a black Volkswagen up. What color will I paint my brakes? Won't take much painting, mind you. No, those brakes are like the Minuscule. size of my toe. <laughs> uh, Ram McElmeal. I'm bringing the anniversary, but it might have a for sale sign on it. <gasps> no, I know. He said that for that a long happens. time. That's his firstborn. When you get, when you get you free cars. No, but you see, that's his firstborn really is the Audi 80. Oh, he yeah. says I have an Audi 80, it's need to scratch. So that Audi 80 build has been on hold as long as my Polo build has been on hold. So mm. you usually see him tagging me and stuff like that. Because he's so nice. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the other Ryan who won the car. It wasn't. Oh, Michael you're thinking of Ryan Cudlip. Ryan Cudlip. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, um, both Ryans. We're getting you mixed up there. They're so common, these Ryans. <laughs> VW Dunner underscore DB Dailies. Dubshed is easily the number one reason project cars get a second chance. I think there's actually a lot of them have been pulled out of the woodwork from you yeah. guys have announced that it's going. Hashtag Dubshed Prep. Uh, Shorty1919 Can I slap a Merc badge on my Lexus And make it a German for Dubshed? Thanks You can still enter it yeah, It's open to all Mercs Yeah, so yeah, as of All types this year no? Was it the previous Like the last one Or the one before that That you guys opened it up to more yeah. uh, It's a mainly German show But there is non-German areas the, There's like a Basically a full hall of non-German yeah. essentially yeah. So get it entered But yeah NI underscore dad of two He's bringing a static Volkswagen Turan 1T3 2013 uh, AGM VW. Well, he has plans, but if you're saying he's going to have a child in a few days, he might not have plans. Maybe have the 200 there, fingers crossed. Yes. yes. I love that thing. I want to see it. Make it so. Big turbo yoke. Emmett O'Leary, 93. For Dubshed, I'm bringing the VRS that's on axle stands in the shed. Good luck with that, because <laughs> he'll, well, he's probably ahead of I am on anything anyway. <laughs> Glennon 1275, Rez Van, oh, bringing the T4, not sure if I should bring the VR6 Mark III as well. Have you seen the Mark III's built in the black one? Yes. Four-door with a 24-valve? Bring, bring both. Yes, please. Been, been watching keenly every so often on the weekend, he just does I, lots of stuff. And for a man with four time. kids, I yeah. don't know how, like, oh, he just block books ours and just gets it yeah. done. I know, it's, we don't even have kids and I can't get anything done. He also says, I think we'd put out for, like, funny stories about shows and stuff. Yeah. Ray's van connecting to Bluetooth and automatically playing the fart chat, which for those on initiated with the fart chat is a WhatsApp group where people fart into it and play. So, Wouldn't know anything about that. Connor. Nope, no, nope, I left that. I think my phone speaker couldn't take anymore. Uh, Ross Delaney Media, hopefully the new German spec 318 IS. Did you get a new car today? Yeah. Oh, very nice. Was Ross up today? Yeah, I ah, yes, yeah. I thought I'd seen you talking to him. Uh, I actually seen a lot of people that didn't. Didn't get talking to half of them. Another one as well, actually. Fogel underscore rally, 26. Getting the 6N2 ready. Couple of wee small changes. It's a nice wee car, that. That's yeah, uh, Matt Donnelly's son painted that one. Yeah. Glennon1275 again says, Worst car buying story versus your best? I've never really had any bad car buying stories. Most of my stories involve me buying cars or people that I know. Best. Car, car, car selling or car buying? Uh, buying. Car buying, what's your worst versus your best? I have a quick car selling story. I was I bought a Honda Civic years, it must be 20 years ago. I don't even know this one. And uh, I was had it, couldn't insure it, so I was selling it again. And I, was, I think I agreed a price of 2500 with this fella. He came back the next day, handed me an envelope. Always count the money. Is this your top tip? Um, I went in the house and I said, I'll be out in a minute, I'm just going to count this. 
it was fifteen hundred pounds instead of twenty five hundred pounds. Dirty bastard. And I says, That's fifteen hundred. Oh, I must have I must have lifted the wrong envelope. Oh and, the, off, and off he went. He must back. he must have envelopes with fifteen, twenty five, yes. thirty five, yeah. yep. So he was just trying to fly him. Of course he was. That's, but young Nigel was more fly than he yeah. was. Yeah, um, always count the money. What are, uh, buying, selling, buying. Do, do you know, honestly, the best car buying experience I ever had was from Jason Cameron Cars. Ah, uh, buying your buying the Sirocco because it was just easy, and I wasn't expecting to come home that night with a Sirocco, and I did. Yeah, my dad is a bit of a sort of wheeler dealer, and like he, he's the sort of guy if you have something up for four grand, he's coming away with it for about three hundred quid. And my first car that I had on the road was the Corsa. So when we bought it, it had been hit on the front bumper. So we needed that, an airflow meter and a front arm. And we went anyway. Dad sort of half knew this guy who was going to jail and knew that he was going to jail and the car was £600 and we got it for 180 because his theory was, (laughs) you don't need it where you're going. So that's how we come away with that. Why did you just think of Back to the Future? (laughs) Yeah. We don't need roads where you're going. Exactly. You don't need this car where you're going yet. Um, no, I think most of mine's been pretty straightforward. I've bought cars, you know, off friends or cars that I knew, and I've no real bad experiences. I don't think you have either. Well, you no. bought your Focusly off an unnamed dealership who you told mm. you it was service, but that's the it usual stuff. Absolutely like. terrible, to be fair. My best buying experience probably remember the Black Mark Five GTA. Yes, it's just because it's the first time I had a nearly new car, and it was GTA. I remember driving home just buzzing that I'd Aye. bought a three-year-old Golf GTA. Being able to afford it, you know. I had this is going to sound ridiculous. I had that exact same feeling when I bought my Mark Three, even though it was like almost twenty year old at that point, yeah. because I had just come from a one point three Mark Two with no power steering, wind up windows, into this like a hundred and fifteen horsepower beast that had electric windows and power steering. I was like, I'm a man about town. Look at this. I was the same when I went from driving the Nova to driving the Vendo. I was like, this is like luxury, luxury. motoring. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's wonderful what you become accustomed to. Yeah. And then lastly, just off the back of like funny show stories and stuff, uh, DLM, Dennis LeCouf Machining, he says, 2010, the Atlantic National Car Show, I think that's actually like a muscle car show in Canada, he told me about. It's a great, huge deal for me and my father. Gates open at 8 a.m., but we'd usually show up at 10 p.m. and get in line for the morning. Anyways, only two, three people were dumb enough to do this. My father and I and a guy named Hugh, very old man, very grumpy, but we got on very well together. Atlantic Nationals would go from Friday to Sunday, so my father would drive my 51 Chevy Thursday night to Friday before I would wor- because I would work and I'd do the same Saturday. So there I and Hugh were, after trying to get some sleep in their own cars, woke up around 1am, walked over to Hugh and his 49 Ford truck, Half an hour or so passed, and I'm there leaning on his truck, shooting the shit with him, where I see a small single light about a kilometre away. Next thing we know, the street bike flies past, going at least 150 kilometres an hour in a residential area. So we turn around each other and say someone's in a rush and kind of laugh it off and continue talking. About five minutes later, the police van shows up asking us whether we've seen a street bike went by. We looked at each other and started laughing and say, yeah, he went about that way five minutes ago. Good luck. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. I wonder how long they were chasing that guy if it took them five minutes to get to that point. (laughs) Uh, So that's us, folks. Yep. Thanks very much. Shorter episode today. We're recording on the fly. Yep. And thanks to Gavin for letting us use his office once again. Indeed, yeah. 
Yeah, so we'll leave it there. Um, as always, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review. If you'd like to support the podcast, please check out Buy Me A Coffee. Yes, so buymeacoffee.com forward slash reloopod. We've had quite a few of those, a few funny messages. We actually should read out some of the messages yeah. and keep them anonymous because I get a lot. Appreciate the support, guys, really do. We do. I get a lot of abuse in them too, have you noticed? It's really good to see. It is, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and if you want to follow us on social media, if you don't already, we are at Reload Podcast or individually at Maxwell House 46. At Connor McCann. And at Boy. So thanks as always for listening and we'll see you again soon. Cheers, folks. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Lovely.